This week, I spoke to Jenny Smith, founder and director of Safeguarding Today, a company that now works with sports organisations to develop and improve their safeguarding practices. Jenny worked as a barrister in London for a number of years before working at the Crown Prosecution Service working in child protection. Jenny's journey certainly has been an interesting one, and throughout our chat, it becomes apparent that so many of her learnings can be applied to anyone wanting to pursue a job they really love and care about. I love talking to Jenny, and I hope you enjoy hearing her journey. Hi, so I'm with Jenny Smith, who is co-founder of Safeguarding Today, and I'm really excited to have her on. And so Jenny, just tell me a bit, how, how are you doing today? Yeah, very well. It's the sun is shining. Um, it makes you feel good, doesn't it? I've watched a video this morning of the Fijian rugby team singing as a thank you on BBC News. They were thanking their hotel staff for being in isolation in Australia for two weeks. So I started my day off listening to the Fijian rugby team singing a song. That was lovely. Oh, that's sport that's related fantastic. yeah no absolutely and no I think it gives everyone a boost when they can see the sun shining um, yeah absolutely so I, I wanted to get straight in into your background really can you just tell us a bit about your career background and how you find yourself uh, setting up a company in, in safeguarding okay well so um I'm a criminal barrister by trade so nearly 20 years um experience and I started in Chambers in London, so after I'd done my degree, um, went to, to London and had a mixed practice, which it was a common law practice, which was family law, criminal law, immigration, things like that, so representing vulnerable people. Um, and then I kind of geared towards prosecution, so I did a lot of work for the Crown Prosecution Service. Um, ended up coming back up, you might hear my northern accent, um, I'm from Bolton, and um, I ended up coming back home um, after five years in London and worked for the Crown Prosecution Service as a rape and sexual offences specialist prosecutor for 10 years um, and a child protection um, specialism as well. So I dealt with a lot of um, what we call now peer on peer abuse, so a lot of, um, you know, same similar age abuse cases, but also um, I dealt with a lot of multi defendant um, or multi victim cases as well, where there'd be one defendant um, who was offending over a number of years. Um, and I did that for 10 years and then I had three children in four years, um, wow. which, yeah, that was that was quite interesting to have. Um, it was only 16 and a half months between my two little ones. And wow. so I had um, that was quite, yeah, that was quite an interesting period of time. So I then resigned from the CPS um, because I'd had a an idea um you know, to look into safeguarding training. And so when my youngest was one, um, I handed my notice in and set up safeguarding today. So difficult environment, I suppose, coming from public service where you had that, you know, admin support team, people running your diary, um, all very organized to having to do, you know, everything. So marketing, um, networking, everything, you know, it's, yeah. it was a, a difficult time. So that's been going, Safeguarding Today has been going for five years. Wow. Um, and for the past, pa sorry. Yeah, no, no, so I was just go keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the past two years I've been working in professional sport. So um, my first contract in professional sport was with the Safeguarding team of the EFL. So Alex Richards is the Safeguarding manager. Um, and I was contracted um, just over two years ago to establish design and deliver 
a, a safeguarding training for all 72 clubs in the EFL. So I wanted, wanted to look at um, a quality assured system, making sure that everything was consistent. So there's a massive variety of experience and knowledge within those 72 DSOs. You know, some come to the table with, you know, 30 years policing experience. Some have safeguarding as an added extra to their HR role. So what the safeguarding team wanted to do was to create, um, you know, a modular learning system, really. But they all have the same consistent approach. Um, so that's what I've been doing for the past couple of years. Wow. Um, yeah, and I've worked um, with the head of safeguarding for Motorsport UK most recently. So, and I've um, done a bit of work with the RFU, the safeguarding team at the RFU as well. So, working at NGB level is um, yeah. it's really interesting because obviously safeguarding isn't. Um, you know, some of your listeners will be thinking, "Oh, wow, I didn't really realise that lawyers from a child protection background might have worked in." professional sport yeah. um, and and tell me a bit about so the, the actual um role that you do now so you obviously head up the company you founded it have mm-hmm. you have you recruited anyone else into the business or are you still building up that portfolio so we have um i have uh it sounds very fancy i have a va which is a virtual <laughs> assistant kelly yeah. um she is like my right hand woman i could not survive without her so i would recommend when people perhaps are setting up businesses um for me admin support is the key foundation to to any successful business you've got to make sure or look after your admin staff and so have um that admin support um and i also have um a number of trainers so associate trainers that have been quality showed by me so lots of different experience in child protection and safeguarding um and they deliver training for the company so lots of different organisations. We work in charities. We work with schools. Um, you know, obviously we work with um, sports, football clubs mainly. Yeah. yeah and so... what does a normal sort of day, week look like for you in, in your role at the moment? What's what's it like? Well, so lockdown has kind of um, put a spanner in the works, hasn't it, Gabby, for everybody? Yes. Um, you know, and I, <laughs> I, I set my company up with a real passion for face-to-face training quality face-to-face training I'd been you know not no criticism but I'd been on a lot of courses at the CPS where I felt like I'd not learned very much um so that was something that was really a core value to me when I set my business up and I didn't want to ever deliver or, or produce online training courses um but it's made me have to change that so I deliver training via you know these uh, secure platforms like zoom yep. Um, that which is interesting because I'm a very 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 much a people person and so um, and if you are Gabby you know like it's nice to actually have that human contact isn't it Um, absolutely you know and you develop rapport with people over the day if you're doing a day's training so that's been quite an interesting learning journey for me Um, yeah so I do a lot of um, consultancy work now so um, if there are you know things like audits um, if organizations want to look at where their gaps are in safeguarding yeah. Um, I will um, assist them with that and staff training, things like that. And then general um, advice It's not legal advice because that's a completely separate issue. Um, this is, you know, advice about procedures um, and, yeah. and how to keep your organisation safe as well. You know, it's a big issue, safeguarding and child protection in sport, isn't it? There are a lot of yeah. a lot of um, reports in the news weekly, really. 
Yeah, and I would say it's become more and more prevalent. I think so many cases now are in the the press that a lot of people will be noticing. So safeguarding is becoming more and more important to be organisations, to be proactive about it and not wait for something to happen. Have you, do you find working in sport, is that a passion of yours anyway? And has that helped you within setting up this business and and doing the best you can do in this role? Well, I suppose there's two two parts to that. I always loved sports. I was a swimmer, um, but only to county level. So I was never, you know, Brilliant. on that elite talent pathway. But I, you know, I loved exercise and sport. And I never thought that I'd end up in professional sport, if I'm really honest. It, it wasn't an arena I ever thought that I'd be able to get into. I remember sending lots of marketing brochures out to all these different football clubs right at the beginning of my journey and got, you know, lots of... Um, either no answers or, you know, quite curt answers saying we've got our safeguarding team sorted, thanks very much. Um, and it was really hard. And I, I can imagine your, mm. you know, a lot of your listeners um, probably in that situation that it's really hard to get into professional sport, isn't it? There's lots of different, Absolutely. you know, whatever sector it is, whatever, physios, mental health, athletes, you know, that it's really difficult to kind of open that door. Um, so yeah, I would say that that that's uh, something that was, yeah, um, so yeah it was a very. You, how did you tackle that? That you know, cause you you started off your own company, which mm. I know a lot of people applying for jobs at the moment and getting rejections. And yeah, I think it's what what mindset did you have to have to get through that? I think you have to have um, a vision and know where you at least want to be. And I think part of that would be your base and you know like your foundation your values so for me child protection is a very values based sector um and it's about looking it's being it's about being kind actually gabby it's about being kind making sure that everybody feels all right i think everybody seems or people that don't understand safeguarding might think you're being a busybody um you know making sure that everybody's okay Um, and i think that is really important to have that base and those values you know so for me like honesty integrity are really important to me and I think that I select the organizations that I work with collaboratively as well um based on those values and I'd be quite happy now to kind of not work with organizations if they don't share those values of integrity and honesty yeah yeah I think that's that's really important um and people have a passion don't you if you've got a passion for something then it's not work is it it doesn't feel like work every day yeah, because definitely. it's it's interesting work and I know I'm doing doing good and whatever yeah. whatever part of that sport someone wants to get into if you're dedicated to improving standards yeah. you know and being better well then yeah. it isn't work is it <laughs> yeah no absolutely and I think that's the really good point there is if people are looking for a career in sport in the business of sport it's understanding what their values are and aligning that with Mm. the organization they're going for and then also looking at what they're really passionate about you know is it just because to work in sport is so broad but Mm. safeguarding could be something that a lot of people might be interested in but they don't really understand Mm. what kind of skills you need so we'll go on to Mm. that in a minute but what um in terms of your business has mm-hmm. has covid negatively impacted it as a whole or has it been actually okay you know in terms of the performance I think of practically the yeah gabby practically it's um had a negative effect because i'm now stuck in my office um and i quite 
like as much as I've, you know, I love my children. I love my husband. <laughs> I, you know, I do miss that kind of, you know, I, I lo- London is my second home. You know, yeah. I, I love London. And so I'd had the opportunity quite often to go and travel down and, I'd, you know, see friends, see my auntie. And that was a really nice part of, you know, I'm not just a mum. Yeah. You know, yeah, I like. Yeah. You know, I, I'm sure that there'll be lots of people listening to that, and <laughs> you know, really understand that kind of. Um, yeah. Oh, it's like a it's like a pull, really. I suppose. Um, so being here is very strange all the time. Yeah. Um, but what it has done is it's shown how important safeguarding is. Um, yeah. So my my last year has been certainly my busiest year. Um, so I can't complain from a workload point of view. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just a strange time, isn't it? It's a very strange time. I think a lot of people are struggling, um, particularly in sports. If you're not allowed to go out and practice your sport as you usually do, that can have a negative impact on your mental well-being, Absolutely. can't it? You know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, yeah, I'm certainly not complaining. Um, I think it's just been a very strange time my middle child is really happy he told me the other day he said oh, I'm really happy that we're still in lockdown and I said why and he really? said oh yeah because you're not going to London all the time mummy I was like okay Aww, that's nice <laughs> whereas I'm the I'm the opposite I'm thinking oh yeah <laughs> can't wait to escape <laughs> yeah and I, I I guess um it's how do people who are you know in locked struggling in lockdown and looking for mm. jobs and looking for what their passion is it's how do they make the most of it um but but also be kind to themselves because it is yeah. it is quite a tough time for so many. Um, That's so it's so true, Gabby, to be kind to yourself. And you know, if you feel a bit fed up for a couple of days, and you want to sit on the couch and like binge watch Netflix in your pajamas, eating popcorn. <laughs> you know yeah drinking yeah. wine whatever you do you know if yeah. you if that's what you need to or if you need to like really over exercise for a couple of days to punish yourself you know whatever it is is your thing yeah. as long as you're not creating an unhealthy habit so you're yeah. not like six weeks down the line doing that then yeah. that's fine isn't it if you give yeah. yourself a couple of days where you feel a bit rubbish that's yeah actually what self-care is about isn't it yeah yeah I hope then, so anyway because I yeah, love popcorn <laughs> yeah I'm with you and I think having that you talked about having that long-term vision you know mm. even if you're having a bad few days but you know that that's your vision you can yeah you can still work towards that and I think that's yeah um, that's and I think having every... plans as well I think you know yeah. I have a business development coach um, and I really value that business development coach we do every six weeks we touch base um, he gives me tasks to do during that next six week period um, you know he allows me that safe space to kind of think more creatively about how I want to develop my business because you know I, yeah. I'm a lawyer I'm not a business person or I certainly didn't think I was I, I feel like yeah. I, I am now um, yeah. you know and I have applied those kind of lawyer skills to business um, but I definitely think that that's an important aspect of it as well to have that external advice um Definitely. you know and people um people find value in coaching and mentoring as well don't they you know and so that's certainly something I'm sure that in in sports that's a yeah. not a, a sports coaching but you know like a, a, a developmental coaching point of view yeah and I think in a lot of networking virtual networking has popped up mm. throughout the the pandemic actually how yes. I how I found you uh, through yes. a network and I think <laughs> but I found it more helpful probably than when I've not been in lockdown because it's it's easier to tap into than mm. going to a conference obviously I love the face-to-face but there's mm. so many different networks so what um so within safeguarding a reader at the moment then just what are the biggest challenges that this this sector faces within sport would you say mm. 
I suppose I can only hear, I can only talk about the the sports that I deal with. Um, I think that the conversation has taken an about turn very recently in the past few years because of the fact that the you know the former professional footballers went on the Victoria Derbyshire show and they you know they were so brave to be able to to do that um, and speak about what they'd been through um, and I think it is I mean it it's natural that it's reactionary in sport because that that you know that's that's natural to want to react to something but I think what the change is is that people are now realizing that if you do the safeguarding work first and you put that you know, have that safer environment. And even if it's like everyone's got a DBS check, everyone's, you know, really aware of those low level concerns, you know, that kind of what I I suppose in layman's terms, dodgy behavior that you're a bit like, wow, they've just said that or they've touched that person on the shoulder when they didn't ask or, you know, just pushing, pushing those boundaries. People are really aware now. And that is the difference as far as I can see is that there is far more acceptance of, behavior not being right and people more willing to talk about it and go into their safeguarding leads and that's certainly something that I um really encourage anybody to do to to create a safer sport um you know safer sporting environment I think one of the other key themes that I see is um I think when you're on that elite talent pathway I think any outsider um would think wow you know you're living the dream here. Um, and I think from, um, you know, listening to professional athletes talk, it's not an easy job it, yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. And, you know, there is a lot of abuse in sport and it's a fact at the end of the day. And, you know, that there are a number of different reviews that are taking place now, um, you know, in other sports. So it is, it, it is um, a conversation that is being had. And I'm just really pleased and proud as a child protection lawyer that people are putting child abuse and abuse you know abuse of elite um athletes as well you know they're putting that on the conversation yeah. in the conversation should i say and that i'm really pleased to see see and hear that definitely yeah, definitely it and seems to be a change yeah no and i i know that with gymnastics and the the USA um, mm. Netflix show. There, there's a lot more awareness around it, and I think mm. more people are realizing how important it yeah. is. Um, it's not. It's not a subject that people want to talk about. It's not something that we grow up. You know, people don't talk about sex with their parents, so they're certainly not going to talk about abuse with their parents. You know, it's not something that we are as a society, you know, brought up to talk about. And then the fact that the way that you know the way that offenders groom. Um, you know, there's a lot of shame and there shouldn't be. And I think that because sport, you know, as a, as a sector are kind of facing up to what, what has gone on in the past and trying to move forward in a positive way, it's yeah. giving victims, survivors, complainants, whatever you want to call them, you know, it's giving these people the confidence to know that they're going to be listened to, they're going to be supported, you know, if they need any um you know, emotional support from a professional point of view, it's out there for them. And I think it's, there is, I feel that there's been a sea change just even in this two year period that I've, um, you know, I've been working in professional sport. It's good to see, it's good to see nobody, you know, it's it's not a comfortable subject, is it? It's not, you know, it's not something that people want to talk about, but we have to make sport a safe environment for everyone. Full stop, Definitely. as far as Definitely. I'm concerned. No, I think so. And and if someone is considering 
safeguarding when I say you know, as a career within sport you know there might be jobs available can you just explain a bit about what from your experience what someone mm. what skills or what attributes they might need to have if they're not a lawyer you know you're obviously a lawyer but I know other people can work in safeguarding yeah to be fair I think I'm probably a bit of a rare breed there aren't very many child protection lawyers um, in yeah. professional sport there's a lot of corporate lawyers but I would say, you know, there are a lot of safeguarding officers um, who have a police background or who have a social work background. There are um, safeguarding officers that that have worked as welfare in schools. Um, So obviously, you know, you could could go into education first. um, Yeah. And and I think what it is, is about experience of people and having that, there's probably two aspects, having experience dealing with people. Yeah. And also having experience um, of, well, perhaps emotional intelligence, I would say as well, that really helps um, because it's a very people-led role, safeguarding. Um, You're often the person who has to deal with the disclosures and the investigations. So quite often, you know, the sport will send it out to the police and the victim says, well, I'm sorry, I don't support a police investigation and it comes back into the sport and then it's for the safeguarding lead to have to then investigate that and you're dealing with really really serious issues um you know so that is one of the skills i'd say um being able to start thinking about a leadership role because you know you're having to have very difficult conversations and i you know i'm working with some of the safeguarding officers in the efl clubs and they're having difficult conversations with you know, the cleaners, the coaches, academy managers, board level yeah. own, owners, you know, they're having to have really difficult conversations with everyone. And I think that if yeah. somebody believes in themselves that they have the capacity or the the potential of being a true leader, that is actually part of that safeguarding officer's role. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah. Really and a love different. of people, you know, if you like people, if you like yeah. you know being being it's a human caring nature I think as well yeah no definitely that's really interesting um I think the the people skill element is sometimes overlooked and actually that is fundamental to to it so with your um you know your industry if you mm. do you do any kind of visioning what do you think the safeguarding landscape within sport might look like in say 10 20 30 years mm. Have you thought about that? I think that it would. I don't know whether I thought so far ahead, um, but I, I would hope um, that in 10, 20 years, you know, a young, if we take a young person who's maybe you're just being born, I suppose, now in 2021, during lock, all these lockdown babies and, and actually someone's a really great swimmer. Let's take swimming, yeah, you know, yeah. and they start off at Bolton Metro Swimming Club and, you know, they go and they do their regionals and they get, you know, they get to where they want to be. Um, a every single moment of that path has been safe for them so all the adults around them are supporting them and are safe you know and and everyone has treated that person with respect and then when they are having to train for olympic safe for you know for their country their body is given the respect that it deserves as well so if they need a rest 
then they can have a rest or you know if they're gymnastics and and it's a hot country and they're not being overtrained by coaches who just want to get medals because as we know I mean for me this is I'm not a psychologist but I I understand about child development because of the work I've dealt with in child protection yeah you know when you have a baby or when you have a child if you nurture that child and you gain all that positivity to that child that child will do better far better than it ever ever could do if you just put that child down all the time and you know what we might all be adults but we're still humans aren't we and even if you're on an elite talent pathway you're still a human and if your coach is really positive and helping you and listening to you you know, you're going to do better. You're going to yep. perform better because actually yep. you want to put more into it. So I would hope that that environment in 10 to 20 years would look like that, that it's a really safe, yep. positive environment for all the you know, all the children and adults in need and everybody, you know, that, that we work with. Definitely. No, yeah, and, and it's not, you know, maybe in 20 years, I'm hoping that we don't need safeguarding officers. Surely, surely it would be inherent, you know, it, it, for me, it's as important as, as health and safety, you know, making sure that you've, you board governance is, is, um, you know, top of your agenda, make sure your safeguarding is at the top of your agenda. Yeah, definitely. Um, no. And I think what, if you had to pick one thing that you absolutely love about your job right hmm. now, what would it be? I think I feel really privileged um, to be in professional sport in this arena at this time because, you know, it's um, like I said, I didn't ever think that I would have that opportunity. And so I am. I'm very grateful for um, the work that I'm doing. Um, It's good work and it's for the better good. You know, it's, it's, I didn't set my business up to make millions of pounds. I set my business up to create safer environments for organizations because I'd spent, you know, t- 10 years of my life having to deal with cases when the wheel had fallen off, Yeah. you know, when children hadn't been safeguarded and they had, you know, as adults, a history of mental illness, drug abuse, you know, yeah. repeated self-harm incidents, all that. You know, I, I'd had enough of that. I want to say, you know, the safeguarding arena is really important. It's just, as, as I say, it's just as important as, as health and safety, data protection, whatever all those yeah, different yeah. regulatory things are. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's... Uh, no, I think that's... Um, it sounds like what you do is actually very interesting and something that you can get very passionate about. If someone was looking to get into this industry, what if you were looking to recruit someone, mm. obviously you've talked about some of the skills that they need, but um, is there anything around mindset or attitude that you'd be looking for that would really make them stand out if they were looking Mm. for a job with you or in another organisation within safeguarding? Yeah. I think for me, as I said, it's very values-driven, this part of, of, you know, um, professional sport. And I'd say, firstly, be yourself, and that, that can be, you know what, even if people are listening to this and they, they have absolutely no interest in safeguarding child protection and, you know, they want to be a physio. Let's take physio, for example. Yeah. You know, I'm old now. I'm 41, you know. So, like, when, when I was in my early 20s, all I did was try and impress other people and try and be somebody who I wasn't. And I've been far more successful <laughs> by actually just being myself. And, you know, every human has value don't they Gabby and you know if you can be yourself and be in a be honest in an interview and say I'm not really <clears throat> excuse me I'm not really sure about that answer 
But can I give you a, an example about something else? You know, just be honest. Instead of trying to kind of fluff your way through yeah. something because you're trying to impress them, if you yourself, yeah. I feel that you get far further in life in general if you yourself, you get far more friends if you yourself you know yeah, yeah, there's no yeah, need yeah. there's no need to pretend is there because you always get found out in the end I feel that if you you know pretend to be somebody you're not so I think yeah. for me when I'm looking to recruit someone or working with someone those values of integrity and honesty and, and a drive to improve standards as well and what you know whatever standard that is yeah. you know in science you know we're always looking at different ways to improve athletes ability from a scientific point of view if you really have that passion to do that go mm. for it but you know mm. you've got to have passion you've got to enjoy it's like when you choose your a levels isn't it it's very different than gcse's you, everybody says you've got to do something you enjoy yeah. I'm so <laughs> and with i you think on that. for me yeah and i think if you don't enjoy what's the point I, I just don't see the point and don't listen to other people i think that's the other bit of advice i'd give that you know, if, if for perhaps a young, you know, younger listeners that, you know, if family members want you to go down a certain career path, but you really don't, I think you've got to be true to, you've got to be the true version of yourself to be happy in life. Yeah. Um, and I certainly think that that would be something yeah. I'd be looking for, that honesty. Yeah, no, I, I really like that. I think that applies to whatever industry mm. you're going into, whatever job you want to do in sport, even whatever... Um, sex whatever you want to do it's yeah being true to yourself and working out what you want versus what anyone else wants of you um, yeah I think really that's a great piece of advice and if practically if people are either just a bit stuck or you know looking for something to whether that's a job or a networking mm. opportunity what are the things you do that help you you know if you're looking for a bit of inspiration or creativity is there anything mm. you do I think um, speaking to people, I think networking is really, really helpful. And I think that actually, again, bringing that honesty in, if you are really honest with people in a networking scenario and say, listen, I'm, I've, you know, I'm lacking skills in, I don't know, marketing. Do you know anyone who can help me with that? And I think particularly women, you know, in networking groups, the, 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 the groups that I've joined, particularly in sport, they're so supportive. And I think that if you actually put it out there and be honest and say, listen, I'm struggling here. I really want a job or I really want some work experience. I just want a day to come to swimming and just, you know, see what yeah. you do. Yeah. I think if you put yourself out there, you're being really honest. And I think that yeah. that really, people who've been in the industry a long time, they know what they're looking for. They know, you know, what face will fit. And it might be that you don't get the job at the end of it. But what that does is that it starts you on that pathway, doesn't it? And even just being interested in something and doing, I mean, law is a very different world where you have to do lots of mini pupillages, the call. So like lots of free work experience as a graduate. Yeah. That then gives you your CV then, doesn't it, Gabby? It gives you your experience that when you're a graduate or when you're moving on to your maybe second role, you can say, well, actually, I did do this because it shows that you're a self-starter, shows that you don't need to rely on other people. It shows that you can actually kind of use your you know your god-given skills to 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 kind of put them to good use really yeah definitely no, that makes sense yeah absolutely no that's I think that's great and I know if people reach out to me wanting work experience or some help I will always give it to them and yeah absolutely I, and that that goes for me Gabby you know if anybody listening just wants a chat yeah happy to do that 
Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. That's been really interesting. Uh, Jenny, it sounds like you've got an exciting time ahead <laughs> and I hope that you're going to get out of that office soon. But um, Oh, yeah, I'm sure I will. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's given a really, really good insight into what you do and the type of work that you do. And hopefully mm. it will inspire people even just to take some action to, to do what they're passionate about. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, thank you for your time today. Um, it's great, we'll, thank you. Yeah, have a good, uh, good day. Thanks. You too. All right. Thank you. Bye. Jenny's energy was so infectious and definitely made me reflect on just how important it is to be authentic and true to yourself when exploring or starting out on any career path. I hope you felt buoyed up listening to her journey. And if any of it particularly resonated with you, please let me know via the info in the show notes.